Beep, Hello, beep, beep, beep. Internet. We interrupt your daily boredom for this very important podcast. This is Often Overlooked, a show where your 1950s blonde bombshells tell you about all the things our other friends, loved ones, and co-workers just don't want to hear us talk about anymore. We're talking about movies, books, comics, video games, and so on. I'm one of your hosts, Jeffrey, joined by my two friends. I am Seth. And Alex. Let's play Guess That Top Grab Bag. Grab Bag. Grab Bag. <laughs> Apparently, we're doing a grab bag today. We're <laughs> definitely doing a grab bag. I can't even say grab bag. Grab bag. Grab, 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 grab. We're doing a dad grab. <laughs> I'm not doing a dad grab. Uh, no. But Father's Day is coming up. Uh, <laughs> what present more could your dad want for dad Father's Day? Pass. Can I pass on this one? I'm passing. Alex, my good sir, we're so. doing a grab bag. Would you uh, Would you like to inform the podcast listeners what we're Lay us down some fat Since it's not June 18th yet. Uh, so full on rules are lightning round, rapid fire, obviously. You have a time limit of five minutes. And by you, I mean all of us have a time limit of five minutes for us to get out our piece, whatever we need to say about either um, this specific uh, topic and a talking point that is associated with that. So we're going to roll our dice to figure out what our both topic and talking points are. Then we get five minutes to discuss. And if you go over the time limit? Perhaps a punishment or just the mutual admonishment of your the, peers. Just a lot of shame. I'm, shame. shame I'm going days. straight like mad dog stare. If you oh. go over the five minute, you're going to feel it. Like for the next three topics that we do? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm just going inter, to interspersantly just shout shame at you. Shame. Shame. <laughs> you're going to call us up like <laughs> mid-Tuesday morning. Shame. Shame. And that's all I had to say. Thanks. Bye. Do we want to just jump let's right in? Let's do it. Let's, let's just go. Let's, yeah. let's roll with go. it. Let's go. Okay. Roll let's initiative roll. to see who... Who starts the topic roll? I got a four. I got a 13. <laughs> 13. I guess I, I get to choose the topic. For some reason, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Those were not great initiative no, rolls. Those so bad. <laughs> All right. be stuck in quicksand. Here we go. First topic, Marvel as a whole. We have magic slash scientific systems. Ooh. Okay. So... We're going to have five minutes to discuss the magic and scientific systems in the Marvel Universe. Okay, so here's the thing, guys. I think that Marvel's trying to pull magic out of their system and try and justify it all with science. That's why we see in Thor, it's like, we have this like, oh, it's just science, but you don't understand it yet. Like, it, they're trying to make everything a science justification to pull magic out of it i think they're they don't think that magic sells well and i hate that hmm. i need the magic like it's it's magic you can't fly like that's magic on, on a counterpoint i do love dr strange i loved that movie so much and i do love that it, it started to showcase this magic the weirdness of the marvel universe to the point where it's like yeah we can do whatever we can have ego a living planet we can do these things and we can have dr strange popping in and out of things and i think just a little bit of that is popping back into the Marvel universe, and I think it's much needed as well. Yeah, he is definitely the crossover there. It's like this this very intellectual person that presumably knows a lot about science, you know, being a doctor and whatnot. But he's also very much he's inundated by this like magic system, something that he can't quite comprehend yet. But he's able to kind of use that once he understands the the boundaries. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think it kind of stems from their. I mean, Marvel started this whole big thing got launched with Iron Man. 
And that is an incredibly science specific thing. So I think they kind of rode the science and like weren't sure if magic would work. So I'm glad to see that, you know, obviously we see it in places, right? But I'm glad to see that they're really trying to bridge the gap a little bit, but they're still just testing the waters and making science like play too much of a role. Definitely. And I, that was one of my big concerns. And, and I've always loved Marvel and I, I love the movies and all these things. When I first saw that they were making a Thor movie, I was a little worried. I was a little apprehensive because it was like, oh, how are they going to do this? Because it's like, oh, flying around with my magic hammer, like, bah, and stuff. But I, I think they handled it very well. And it is cool to see a little bit of that science taking over, but then also at the same time, you know, deep down in your heart, you just want it like, you want to see these weird people. Like I, I, we were watching something the other night and the thought came to me and I was like, I, I turned to my wife and I was like, sweetheart, what if they did like Fin Fang Foom, like the gigantic dragon? And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like they, they could legitimately possibly do this. And I think it's all thanks to that magic aspect of it. So it's like, I, I desperately hope and I desperately want them to kick a lot more of that in there so we can see a lot more of that weirdness and no matter and no matter how much of the magic they try to take out of it there's some that are just staples that you can't remove i mean look at the the new developments that they're doing and that's going to be the biggest challenge of infinity wars but the some of the characters that they have like thor and scarlet witch you can't take the magic out of there it's yeah. just like completely completely set i would argue mad or um Scarlet Witch more than Thor is because Thor has that, oh, it's, we're just advanced scientifically. You guys don't quite get it. It's the same for us, whatever. Scarlet Witch is human from Earth. Like, that is literally magic. It's mutation or whatever, but it's magic. Yeah, but I mean, Thor, I would argue, it still is. is I would argue that as well, but at least Thor has like a justification of why he associates it with science. Because he's a, well, no, but he's a demigod, you know? Like, because imagine Tony Stark taking the punch that, that he took from the Hulk in, in Avengers. Like, it would, you, people in the theater would be like, holy shit, Tony Stark is dead. I think he's dead. <laughs> But, you, you know, you see him punch Thor and everybody laughs instead. It's like, this is hysterical. Yeah. I think that's been one of the things I've always really loved about Marvel is that, you know, you do have this super advanced technology, but then they also do pair it with the weirdness of it. Like kind of the, the yin and yang almost of just like, you know, you have Tony Stark, but then you also have like Doctor Strange, these weird characters. Where, and I think that's what makes Marvel just so good about it is that they meld it so well. But then it's also like these things don't go together. And so like the characters themselves have these awkward moments of just like, oh, well, I'm traveling through portals with Doctor Strange. But then Tony Stark is doing this and all these different things. And I think that's going to be one of the biggest, like huge players in the Marvel universe. And that is exactly why the Infinity Wars is going to be amazing. Oh, my gosh. It is. So excited. And before <laughs> before even that, we get Spider-Man Homecoming. Yes. Like that's he's the perfect example of what they're going to have. to. It's a trial run almost. Yeah. Spider-Man is a perfect example of. You get science with him, you know, being hyper intelligent and figuring out web shooters with with Tony Stark. But also, he's bitten by a radioactive spider and and just has all of these capabilities that he didn't have before. So it's very much a melding of the two. Mm-hmm. I'm really interested to see because they, I mean, you get so many versions of Spider Man, right? Some are straight; he shoots webs literally out of his wrists. Some it's like we see with you know it's an invention from Tony Stark. I'm really interested to see where they take that, you know. Definitely. How far do they push that bound? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, that's always been one of Marvel's huge song suits is just having just the most weird things, but co-op together and be together and live in this cohesive universe. And so it'll be so interesting to see where they take it. Yeah, yeah. And Tom Holland's really young, so it's going to be an yeah. interesting mm-hmm. like take on Peter Parker. I'm stoked. Yeah, I agree. And five minutes. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. We killed it. <laughs> All right. Oh, we're gonna do, do, do. Oh, it's coming Next down. Next topic. We killed that one. 
Okay, right. let's roll our next topic. Yes. That is you, Jeffrey. You In, get to roll the topic. Indeed. My topic is going to be Super Mario 64. Yes. <laughs> All right, what are we talking about? We are going to do... Oh, I'll rub one. Negative character flaws in Super Mario 64. Negative character flaws in Super this. Mario 64. Oh, Welcome to the grab bag, everyone. <laughs> okay. This is the grab bag. And here we, we go. go. Okay, get this, guys. The negative character flaw in Super Mario 64, it's in every single... Everything. It's all over the place. Not even in this game. Why do bosses stay in the same freaking place? What is wrong with them? What, like, oh, I have this crazy valuable. I'm going to hide at the top of the mountain. Looking at you, King Babam. What are you doing? Why are you doing that? Move. What? Do, yeah, do something. <laughs> I'm just going to sit at the top of this mountain. Why? What is wrong with you? I mean, they're constantly also just like doing the same movements as well. It's yeah. like, oh, I'm going to lock over here, expose my, my <laughs> intense tender spots and like all that. And it's just like totally intense. I mean, Buy how, some armor, dude. What yeah, seriously. But is there a video game that doesn't have like a, like Not, that, that does have a fully random kind of boss interaction? No. Because you have because to. Because that's how video games work. Right. It's a pattern you have to figure out. So yes. Seth, you that. do bring up an interesting point. However, I want to pull out. The main character himself, Mario. Oh, okay, I'm throwing down. First off, who did not throw the penguin off of the thing? That might be Nobody. a character flaw of ourselves, but Mario still was able to do it. Second, he's just constantly doing all the same things. I mean, going around, and all he wants to do is save the princess. What about all the other people? Yeah. Huh? What, yeah. what about, the, what about the, 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 the toad kingdom or anything like that? Yeah. And, and plus, he's just constantly eating mushrooms. What what's wrong? What does that show? Well, I mean, of America. He's huh? probably Character honestly. Thoughts. He's a plumber, so he's probably just chilling in his house, literally just tripping on mushrooms. Yeah, seriously, that's all time. he does. Just all he does the whole time. If that's not a negative character flaw, I don't know what yeah. it is. Yeah, drug addiction. It's bad. Yeah, I'd say that's it. I don't know. Just chasing chasing the ladies the whole time. That's that's it. I don't that's know. You guys does. are saying Mario should have been like the the poster child for Dare back in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> that's not exactly once. What not once. Not once. Oh my goodness. As a side note, uh, Toad is the loyal uh, servant of Princess Peach. How come I can find Toad? Freaking everywhere. Why, Toad is everywhere. Why, everywhere. Don't you, why, why is he not looking for the princess? Why as well? isn't he with the princess? What? What? He is the. Lo- that's a, that's the thing. Is it with Mario? You don't get a cast of characters. You play one or the other. And I think it was in <laughs> it was it was um, Super Mario Two, the the second one where you get to choose one of the members of the cast. That was a. The, I mean, they, what we're talking about in this grab bag was the premise for the second one. It was like, <laughs> like what? what? What is? What is the thing that each character does better than the others? And how can we make it really frustrating for you playing as Luigi when you really need to have Toad or you really need to be able to glide <laughs> like Peach? You know, like that. That was the premise of Super Mario Two. That's literally yeah. There's negative character flaws for everyone, so pick one that you like. <laughs> Super Mario sixty four. The flaw was I can't control the camera angle. Oh, oh that camera! I think the worst negative. Yeah, the flaw is just going back oh, and trying man. to play it, and like it's not a character flaw per se. It's just like Mario, you're not doing what I want you to All do. All that does is shed light on my personal character flaws like breaking the c stick or the c buttons on the 64 controller oh yeah all the time no oh you were just hitting smash when playing super smash right <laughs> that no. was the, that was a smash cheat was no <laughs> maybe maybe that's how i win I, i'm still just, i'm still just down about mario i mean there's a lot of damaged property as well i mean Dude, yeah sure it's bowser's castle but there's a lot rampages. of damage yeah seriously 
He rampages. A lot of fire, a lot of blowing things he's up. Just, I mean, come on. Mario's just not a nice guy. It's he's a reconstruction cost there. You've got to be. For somebody who fixes stuff for a living, he really messes with a lot yeah, of Yeah, dude. He also like, steals a lot of coins. Could I mean, you, yeah. a lot <laughs> of. Can you imagine the costs of repairing the Mushroom Kingdom? It's outrageous. Yeah, and he stole all of their money. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the they could use those gold he, coins for Mario is betterment. the literal, like, Godzilla disaster that rolled through the Mushroom Kingdom. He's the worst. I was just probably just trying to have, like, a nice day off. And he Mario's like, just like, mm, no, it's a me. And yeah. just, like, rampaging <laughs> throughout the everything. There's going to be there's gonna be a movie in, like, five or ten years where somebody, somebody, some cheeky screenwriter is going to write a movie about this, like, Italian dude that is a plumber full-time. But then, like, his, his wife gets kidnapped or his girlfriend gets kidnapped by some, some like macho dude and then he's gonna destroy everything john wick style on his Super, way to like, the flawed character intro like just deep yeah. look into and, and he's gonna and he's gonna like <laughs> it, what's gonna happen is he's, he's gonna get to the oscars right and be nominated when when win this academy award and be like i, I based it all on mario <laughs> he <just> walks <laughs> and then walks off <laughs> That would be so funny. A true character study. A yeah, true, a true character, character study. I, I played... How did you prepare? I played hours of Mario 64. Uh, I used to be a Mario speedrunner, actually. That's how I got this job. <laughs> how, how did I prepare? Just childhood. Yeah. Childhood. Yeah. I was born prepared. Yeah. You know, how we they do. They call it a tour. And done. Dude, we're right on these five minutes. We yeah. are killing it. Fully crushed it. I love that it popped up as Mario 64. It was like, <laughs> oh God. like, grab bag. And it's grab bag. That's It worked out. It worked out pretty well. We did that. That was the challenging one that we did pretty well. Yeah, I think we killed it. Okay, let's. Okay. Roll. We get to roll topic. It's rock and roll. All right, yeah, next topic. Sure the right diet. Roll it. <laughs> okay. Topic is. Big Hero 6. Big Hero 6, and what are we going to be talking about? Oh my gosh, the table! I guess we don't know. Do you want my... Here's my D6 here. No, I got it. It's I got a it. 6. Oh, okay. Played <laughs> as it lies. Yeah, dude, of course. Um, we are going to be talking about... It's going to be protagonist's hidden motivation. Is there a hidden motivation in the protagonist's? Interesting. Hmm. Let's go for it. Ready. And so Big Hero 6 and hidden motivations of the protagonists. Go. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't think that the motivations are very hidden. I mean, maybe by the end of this now four minutes and 50 seconds, you guys can convince me otherwise. But I think it's a pretty straightforward revenge plot uh, brought on by... A death of a family member. And I remember thinking when I watched it that it was very much hard-hitting for a kind of a kid's um, a kid's movie where you get actually death of a family member that's not kind of shied away from or, you know, um, spoken in other terms. It's very plainly like, yeah, he dies in a fire. He's dead. But then it becomes a revenge plot, which is also unorthodox for a, for a kid's movie. So... I really like, you know, we, we were kind of talking about how, you know, it, it seems like, you know, Pixar has kind of these interesting levels to it. But, you know, overall, you know, a lot of these different things are pretty, fairly obvious. Um, I want to talk about a different protagonist. I want to talk about my man, Fred. Yo, I have an actually, um, just one little break in. I have an unpopular opinion in that there is no protagonist. Protagonist. The entire team yeah. is the protagonist in the story. And the rest of those members do not have overt motivation for hanging out with them and helping and doing 
superhero stuff. So tell me about Fred. I just like it. You know, Fred is kind of the comic relief character. You know, he is the quote unquote kind of hippie stoner, almost esque teenager, you know, that's just like super chill and funny and stuff. What I really like is his motivation, hidden motivation of, you know, just trying to keep the uh the the lineage that he has or the wealth that he has throughout the whole thing with this kind of persona that he builds up he's kind of the cool relaxed chill guy and it's just interesting because it it brings up that topic of you know hidden motivations and people of you know what what don't you want people to know or what would you prefer people to know about you and i think that's interesting especially for something that's you know quote unquote kind of a kid's movie to have something like that and to understand character development in that sense is that you know you know people aren't always exactly what they appear to be exactly that's i think that's what this movie is all about and i think the hidden motivation of all of these people is finally finding um not just solace in like accepting you know fake tadashi back into their group you know in in hero it's not it's not fully a replacement for for tadashi in the group but accepting hero into their um, you know their group of you know science superhero nerds is kind of a way for them to not only cope with his loss but also um, help spread more of what his memory um, like served into the community so that's I think the characters are helping hero and preventing his revenge um, in order to really best serve and respect Tadashi's memory because that's what Tadashi was all about was like being inclusive and helping people out and like all of this stuff whereas you know he was a child basically so he doesn't have the same like convictions that Tadashi may have um and the, the group is helping steer Hiro into that same sort of service yeah it's, plus it's interesting kind of what you were saying you know originally none of them wanted to be superheroes yeah now, that wasn't their thing you know they were all just students they wanted to do the best that they could and so it's an interesting like now, there's that motivation, but then there's the underlying, no, we want to protect this kid. We want to bring him in and we want to save people. Yeah. And so it's that, it's that cool. You know, it's not necessarily like, you know, when you hear hidden motivation, it sounds like, ooh, schemey and plot. But at the same time, it's like, oh, well, we can have hidden motivations that aren't necessarily, I want to take over the world. Yeah, or, ooh, I want to do like that. It can affairs. be like, no, I want to save people and I want to help and I want to do all these things. So it's interesting to think about that from a kind of weirder different perspective of like yeah, yeah they have these hidden motives but they're good hidden motives yeah, <laughs> well, yeah his uh I, I, and also if you think about it, outside of the context of the actions that happen in the movie like what hero really needs to do at that point from a base human level you know suspending everything that you know that it about san francisco being an animated make-believe place is that he lost his brother he needs to recover and grieve properly now he can um he can do that through this new group of friends he can do that through this healing robot he can do that through um diving into his work you know there's he's got now various outlets and the the movie its low points really touch on this thing of i'm outside of those parameters you know when he's at you know dark night of the soul end of the second act of the movie he doesn't have all of those things and he needs to recover. Yeah. Solid. Dude, we are on time. We're killing it. 
That was so rough. That was awesome. I, I, did, I saw you doing the, the thing with the finger. I was like, oh, wait. Oh, no, I'm going to run out of time. I could have talked about that probably a little bit more. I could see in your eyes. Yeah, I was, sorry. I was, I was, no, you. no I was you should. Not. That was good. That was a good way to go. I was like, oh, it. man, Alex is going to get a punishment. It's so, it's so interesting like, when you just have to just pull it out of nowhere. <laughs> just like, well, we're talking about this. Yeah. I really like this idea. Okay. Um, I guess that means that I get the next topic. All right, let's find out what our next topic is. Spyro the Dragon. Oh, My time excited? has come. <laughs> what are we talking about? Biggest hype moments in. <laughs> oh, God. The biggest hype moments in Spyro the Dragon. Oh, okay. Let's see where we go, people. Oh my god. Are you gents ready? I could talk about Spyro for forever, so I don't know. You guys ready? Yeah, I guess. That's right. We're talking about the biggest hype moments of Spyro the Dragon. Gentlemen, here we go. I'm starting this out right now. Spyro 2 Ripto's Rage, at the end, that was the most hyped vacation I ever took. (laughs) Like, that's that's the end of the game. So you defeat this, this big, like, boss it took me frankly forever as a child um and you know peace returns all this stuff and you get to finally take your vacation as a dragon to dragon shores and i freaked out i was like it was the best vacation ever well they they hyped it up so much too it was like oh my gosh i finally get this chance yeah it's built up built up oh dragon shores it's gonna be fantastic and then no more than what five minutes into the game it's like nope another adventure spiral psych Oh no God, vacation. For do you. I get a? Do I get a? I must have a punishment for not being able to contribute to this. I played Spyro. I, my favorite hype moment of Spyro is just flying around until I got to a point where I got too motion sick. That's basically <laughs> it. Like I get terribly motion sick. That's the saddest. I thing. never had it. it as a first experience in a, in a video game where I had to stop playing because I got nauseous. That's <laughs> and amazing then, and just like sucks at the same time where it's just like yeah. you're so like excited and then something like does that i think it's a testament to the games though because i continued to play it you know i yeah, like, yeah. go back i'd wait 15 minutes until my stomach settled to have some water and some kool-aid or something you're like a, about and... ready to throw up you're like oh, i just gotta keep going i gotta keep going Power through. well it, to, to talk about like that point like even still like games during that time it was like it was very much you know like enemies would walk the same way and things would happen and then to have a video game like that you know the hype that was there of just like oh you can fly if you get to a high enough point you can glide anywhere and so like the hype level of that like for a video game especially in 1998 was like phenomenal like to think (laughs) about that like that was a big the things that they were able to do with it like that's super hyped up the golden age of platformers yeah. yeah, you don't get flight much in other. I'm trying to think of other games at that point that you. No, definitely not. Yeah. There was like yeah. maybe an Ace Combat game out then that was like garbage, but or like Red Skies. I think Red Skies was a thing. You could fly biplanes. Mm-hmm. No. Also garbage. That was it. Yeah, Spyro. Yeah, and so it just even to have that. I, I will talk about a, a little bit of a hype. So we had the first three games: so Spyro, Ripto's Rage, and then You're the Dragon. Phenomenal, super good. There was a little bit of a lull period where it was like, oh, a couple Game Boy Advance games and stuff like that. And then the hype train that hit up first, Spyro, entered the Dragonfly. The first outing of the the famed Purple Dragon on the PlayStation 2 that, when it came out, did not do so well. <laughs> this is a case of bad hype train. Yes. And I, I, I fondly remember it still just because I'm absolutely obsessed with Spyro, but... 
that was a hype that dropped very bad. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was bad. Yeah, and so to have a game like that, you know, like some kid got seizures playing it or something oh, like that, and it just like rough. how it was made and like put together was just not well done. And so it's like that hype moment of just like, yeah, it's coming to PlayStation Two next generation consoles, and then it just just kind of to let it. down, yeah, disappointment. <laughs> So yeah, just big thing, hype things like that. Like, uh, dude, that's the best, and that that's the kind of thing you don't get anymore. Is like, like I haven't felt that level of like just hype for defeating a boss that I did in Ripto's Rage in so long. Like, I get that in Destiny still, which is a rarity it seems. But like, you know, beating you know Assassin's Creed or whatever, like you just you just don't feel like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I especially like it because, you know, especially in games like that, you know, when we were younger and we're playing them, it seems like everything is almost so much bigger. Like when you're playing it and you're just like, oh my gosh, like I finally beat this person in this and I'm getting towards the boss. And I, I remember the first time that I, I beat Rip or sorry, uh, Nasty Nork mm-hmm. you know, in that first game. And you, you finally you're getting there, you're getting there and you beat him. And then when they say like, oh, I'm going to go to Dragon Shores. And it's that funny moment that you brought up. It's exactly that. It's like, you're so hyped because it's like you finally beat that boss. And you're like, sweet. Now my character gets an awesome dragon vacate. Oh, whoop, nope, I'm in Avalar now. I got another adventure. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> so it's the awesome hype train that is Spyro the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> the hype train that is Spyro. Uh, makes me miss old school platformers which is why i need to pick up ukulele it, it yeah seriously yeah. It's, it's super good it we we need a lot more of that and especially can you I, play the spyro theme on ukulele oh, i wish that'd be great i need i need to jump on that <laughs> we could acapella it oh well maybe i don't know if i remember it i, I assume we go something like this spyro 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 pretty sure that's exactly what it was yeah, I, yeah. that's what i remember anyways hype train e3 2017 let's hope he comes back yeah looking at you son. and let's done go. yeah it's yeah. five minutes sony if you want to hit us up for that <laughs> yeah feel free to use that sony we don't even need to be uh to be repped it's fine okay it's you too okay all right let's roll next topic guys let's go next topic <laughs> is Firefly. Oh, oh, get ready. Snap. Haven't talked about this one before. <laughs> and, well, you know, if we don't release the Yo Lost episode, the watch. The oldie pilot. The old. <laughs> this one. I keep doing that. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, eight. Positive character flaws. Positive character flaws in Firefly. Interesting. Ooh. This is hmm. a good one. That is I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's get ready to roll. <laughs> uh, Let's go, fellas. And oh, here we go. Okay. Uh, yeah. Positive character flaws. Let me get close to the mic so you can actually hear me. Can you hear me? Am I good? Okay. Positive character flaws. Uh, one thing that sticks out to me is Mal being kind of dejected. That was one of the primary character flaws that Joss Whedon wrote in for the character. Um, and, you know, if we're talking about Firefly, got to talk about Mal. But the the thing that happened that was kind of magical that worked out so well for Firefly was that eventually he got to the point where he was like, this really isn't me. I don't, this character doesn't function like that for me. And he brought a little bit more charm to it. And I think it lent its way into some of the more comedic aspects of Firefly. I think it made Mal's char- uh, character a little bit more dynamic. 
Um, so he's not so much this like you, you can you can feel his pain in that he he lost his like Serenity Valley battle. Um, the the thing with the alliance didn't work out. So now he really has one goal in mind. He's protective of his crew, but he wants to keep flying. And that's it. Just keep moving. No, yeah, totally. And I, it was interesting because that popped up, you know, Firefly and positive character flaws. And literally the first two words that popped into my head were Malcolm Reynolds. Like, literally. That is, that is, is a character. positive yeah. character flaw. <laughs> you know, that's you, his whole thing. Well, it's the basis for the show, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, you see so much of, like, you know, he's kind of this Han Solo-esque, like, you know, not, like, the greatest person. You know, he doesn't do the greatest things all the time. But then those meld together to make one of the best characters ever. This the realistic, awesome character that everyone just loves. Like, you can't not love Malcolm Reynolds. Like, And so I, I think that's definitely one of the biggest parts of not only his character, but then also of the series itself. Positive character flaws, literally, for everybody. Yeah, I think, I think they definitely intentionally tried to make their characters more dynamic in... By, by doing just that, like, what can we make that it would, inter- in our world today, be a, be a flaw and make it into something beneficial for this world or for the crew itself? Like, Inara is a great example, too. Uh, you know, she's effectively a, a prostitute, but in this world, that's a good thing because she can be an ambassador and it's not necessarily as as bad as, as uh, you know, we would perceive if we found out somebody was a courtesan in today's Mm-hmm. Uh, society. I'm going to go a little bit more traditional, and I'm going to say that Simon Tam has the best character flaw that turns out to be positive, and that is his complete bleeding heart. Like he opened himself up to his sister, right, and like the the suffering she endures and whatever. Um, and because of that, he is super vulnerable, and that is what lets him become part of the crew. If he wasn't that vulnerable child almost he he wouldn't have made it he would not have been accepted as part of the crew so because of that character flaw ultimately now he's better out yeah that's a that's a great example i mean i think we could probably if we needed to like if we we're on on the spot pick out every in every character a positive character flaw yeah, like i was just going down the line thinking of all the characters i mean jane is another great example mm-hmm. said he's very gruff and you don't know sometimes in the early episodes especially like is he actually going to turn on the crew? I don't know. That provides tension. But if the money's good enough. It, right. If the money's good enough. But at the same time, it shows loyalty. It, it shows a virtue of loyalty later on in the show when, when he's given that option and he says no. Um, yeah. No, yeah. It, and definitely such great characters. And Seth, I, I have to it, not even going to lie to you. That was the next person I was going to talk about. To Simon? Simon. Yeah, Simon. Yeah, yeah. It, and, and that's what's so interesting, and especially just the crew itself almost seems like a character. You know, the ship it also mm-hmm. seems like a character. And I, and I just love that with whatever Joss Whedon does, you know, it always seems like it is just, you know, flaws in characters, but yeah. what makes them great? And so, it, I mean, what better topic could have been chosen for Firefly right? than... Yeah. What about like? the ultimate character with so many flaws you can't... We didn't even get to see it. Uh, the one and only Jubal Early. Hmm. The psychotic, like, yep. borderline assassin, borderline, like, I don't know, bedtime storyteller? Is yeah, that- I, I can't even. How do you hey. even? Positive character He was like, flaw? what if we could get, well, I mean, it was hilarious. Sure. Well, unsettling and then hilarious. Well, same thing, whatever. 
depends on your your particular yeah, me, amount of masochism. Of yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is that it? Oh, 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 yeah. Done, dude. We're killing it. Wow. I thought I'm very five, impressed with us. I thought, I thought five we minutes were... was gonna be rough, but it's yeah, actually yeah, perfect. It's, it's a great. This is this is instructional for us in our kind of <laughs> podcasting, right? In general, I mean, this is like doing many podcasts in in one. It's pretty pretty great. I think it's perfect. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna. Am I gonna roll for you? Yeah. Uh, you need to roll next to topic, roll your... but I accidentally closed out Chrome. So hold on. I yeah. I will tell you what we're doing. So we're going off of the the actual number. Line, Let's. Right? Here's what I'm thinking. I think we should go on the the number column, unless we just Hello, did that. Hello, internet. Jesus we interrupt Christ. your daily boredom for this very important message. We're starting what? a podcast. What is, ha- what is happening? We're getting, we got the first episode. That voice sounds familiar. I know that guy. <laughs> I think that's me. Uh, as soon as it loads up. Okay, so I think that we should go off the number column unless we already did that topic and then we can go to the actual like numbered line. I kind of like it because it gives it. us like two options. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Kind of like, oh, well, if you don't really want to do that or yeah, yeah. it doesn't fit quite well. <laughs> Like Mario 64 character flaws. Okay, uh, we got 18. So, you did Firefly already. I mean, Game um, of Thrones. Well, you haven't read Game of Thrones. I, yeah, I've have you seen t- the TV show? I've seen many episodes Let, of the TV show. Have you seen all of it? I'm familiar with how the story goes. Let's re-roll for something better. Let's do that. 45. <laughs> so that would make it The Incredibles. The Incredibles. Nice. Good topic, good topic. Let's see what we're talking about. We are talking about the biggest letdown in The Incredibles. Oh. Oh. It's going to be an interesting That's one, That's going to be tough. Okay, so we are talking about the biggest letdowns of The Incredibles. Gentlemen, start your engines. Okay, one of my biggest things. And I know this is going to sound maybe like a cop-out. My biggest letdown is that it's taken them this long to do a sequel. I, w- I wasn't going to say that, but f- yes. I'm going for it, Seth. Yeah. I'm going yeah. for it. Okay. Gosh. All right. So let me speak to that point for a second. I, I, I read a while back on the interwebs somewhere that the, uh, the director, uh, uh, Brad Bird, he didn't want to make Incredibles 2 until he found a story, you know, found it or wrote a story that was better than or at least equal to Incredibles 1. And it took him 10 years, I guess. Hey, I'm I'm down. That sounds yeah, I mean, good. I'm cool with it now that we've waited so long and I didn't really expect a sequel. I think it's better to do it then. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It, to wait after one because it seems just like a one-off and now, now it's done. But yeah. Here's my biggest letdown. And it's somewhat controversial because I've had this conversation before. Syndrome was incredibly hyped up. You know, superhero killer. And it turns out he's just a whiny boy who got, like, you know, slightly disappointed and dejected from the main character. Like, wow. It really? is a superhero trope, though. It's, it's like, such a superhero trope. You're not and affiliated with me. That is yeah. why it's disappointing. Mm. That's yeah. the letdown. Like, he, okay, he killed literally all of them. And, like, 
just because he had like a vendetta from when he was 12 yeah and the yeah that's a good point come on man i mean especially you know joking things aside you know like the sequel you know all these it, that is a, a fair fairly big letdown it's yeah. like it, it, this character that you feel like could be such a dramatic foil to these people and then it's just he, like oh yeah he invented zero point technology specifically for this purpose and it was almost never used except in this like Little twist at the end. Haha, I almost got you. Oh, well, you defeated me anyways. Dude, that technology alone would have been amazing. And it just, it did not, I was very let down by that end fight. It did not feel like it was as epic as the previous hour and a half had led me to believe. Yeah. Because, like, look, when they're on the island, right? Syndrome just comes in. He's like, oh, look at you guys. And he's just like connects him oh oh this is one family blah 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 and he just has complete control he's 100 percent in control he's got it and then they get to the mainland and it's like now he's just some guy who doesn't know anything about what's happening yeah he's just a collapse keep, yeah, yeah it's just a kind of that collapse. let down of just like well we, we want an intense villain but eh, do we really want an intent like we want an intense villain but it's also a kid's movie yeah. but also the good guys have to triumph yeah yeah they got a little dark though with him trying to you know kidnap uh jack jack yeah we're there at the end that was he did almost kill a baby so for me that's the biggest letdown is that you get this story about and i find this painfully hard because i love the incredibles i used to watch that over and over again uh when i was a kid but the the thing that that let me down the most was that at the very end you get this really cool baby like superhero that you'd never see that. You've never seen a baby superhero before. Right. You you hardly ever see kid superheroes and you get that in this you get this family of of ass kicking, like they've all got their own kind of thing that they do. And Jack Jack kinda does all of that, but you don't see him at all in the in the movie and he doesn't come to realization of those things until later on too. I wanna say a silent prayer for Carrie. Um, the amazing babysitter who should probably retire at this point because the incredible family, the Parr family, had to have paid her millions of dollars for the work that she did because it was phenomenal, completely <laughs> underrated. She was amazing. Breakout star, calling it. She's amazing. The, the best babysitter on planet Earth. The underlying hero uh, of this story. Right? The, 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 true, the true hero. Oh, of. the baby's on fire? I already got that. I was prepared. She was killing it. Yeah. And I know that it was built in as comic relief, but wow. Right? Oh my gosh. So good. So The best good. character in the entire movie, man. How did, this is yeah. Stonewall Jackson of a babysitter. Right? It's just like, nope, I got this. How, the like, cutscenes are so funny. I think they did some some like gag reel stuff at the end, and it was yeah. just phenomenal. Could you imagine like uh leaving a voicemail? You have to leave a voicemail for the parents when their baby's on fire. How do you just like go on doing your job after that? How do you how do you recover? I want to see an Incredibles two babysitter gets superpowers. <laughs> and she has fun. them already, man. Nice. <laughs> That's that was a, a good way to end it right there. Dude. She has them already, man. <laughs> I, I I couldn't bring up my my biggest disappointment. So my all time disappointment. It's past five. It's, it's past five. Years, so nobody will ever know. Well, no. So my biggest. Oh, God. It'll is be, it worth the punishment to tell the story? It'll be a secret. Yeah, I think it is. Do it. I think it, it will explain a punishment. My biggest disappointment is that Marvel, or sorry, Disney was able to do what Marvel 
or anybody else has never been able to do, and that's tell a good Fantastic Four movie. Oh, yeah, oh, 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 oh you burnt. Dang. Hot. Eat it. Shots fired. <laughs> this is what we need for it. Holy Marvel needs it cow. back. That's my rant. Dang. Good day to you, sir. We didn't see enough Sam Jackson. <laughs> oh, yeah, Where's my super suit? That's literally... Just probably my favorite part of the whole thing. <laughs> yes. Where is my super suit? Okay, guys. We're I talking think, about the greater good here. All right, I'm done. I think Sorry. we are on the la- the last of the topics. Ooh, are you ready? Final ones. grab bag. Final grab bag. Final grab bag. Final grab bag. All right. Um, it is going to be, okay, final grab bag, Halo. Oh, I can do that. Plot theories. Plot theories. Plot theories in Halo. Oh, my mind. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. How are we going to breach this subject, Oh, guys? my gosh. Okay. Seth, I'm assuming you have a lot to talk about this. I have so much to talk about. It's not even funny. Five minutes is going to be crippling. Are we talking about, like, inside the games? What they could... Dude. Dude, hold on. I'm going to... Okay. Seth's going to, like, blow our minds. I'm going to blow your minds right now. Well, on page 384 of the (laughs) Halo Bible, it's... (laughs) You mean, uh... Glasslands? The Fall of Reach, maybe? Wonderful, ladies and gentlemen of the internet. We are going to talk about plot theories for Halo. Gentlemen, are you ready? Oh, I'm so ready. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Let's kick it. it. Let's go. Okay, here's... I'm going to blow your minds. Like, prepare... Like, sit. Put your hats on. uh, Hold on to your headphones. (laughs) Hold on to your butts, internet. This is going to get crazy. The biggest plot theory in Halo is that the sequel to the Halo story is Destiny. What? Yeah. Okay, are you what? ready? So check this out. Um, Destiny would take place several hundred years after the Halo series is finished up. So Halo is the pre-Golden Age of Destiny, where uh, you have the Covenant, which comes in the form of the rest of these alien races. So you have a complete one-to-one linear storyline from Halo up through the golden age where the traveler comes into our solar system and on into destiny that's wild it's, i don't know i don't know stretch. if i buy into Dude, that if i had more than five minutes i would fully explain this to you there's just like the audible silence of just like, like oh, oh okay i guess it's a stretch I'll i mean okay so like prometheans kind of look like the vex i <laughs> i don't know i don't know I, I buy i buy it because playing i hadn't played destiny until recently and i was huge into halo and the gameplay is so familiar the interactivity with the like alien species is so familiar the like levels and everything feels mm-hmm. so familiar i thought that was just game i mean that building. is bungie but bungie had been working on destiny and halo at the same time so you're you're talking about like some Brandon Sanderson Cosmere shit? Right I'm here. I'm talking like some some like Easter egg loose connection because they're two different brands. Thing. Like like 
Same same exact storyline. Like Master Chief was one of the first guardians. <laughs> that that's what I'm saying. Oh, that's where man. that's what it's happening right now. Almost to the point where it's like, yeah, you know, you have this intense guardian that has guarded, you know, the earth and stuff. Like, that's like the reason why they bring them back. Is like they're like, okay, we need people like the this. traveler so, saw Master Chief and used him as a model for what a guardian would be. Oh. I, I do want to throw this okay. out here. In, in the plot synopsis that it says for Destiny, it says, Bungie described the setting of Destiny as a mythic science fiction world, the setting about 700 years in the future. Yeah. Halo takes a place about, what, like 500 years? And so that time period that they could kind of devolve. That's, these things. that's 200 years for a collapse. Oh, Seth, he just dude. I'm, I think Seth won grab yeah, bag for won today. Grab bag. You broke it apart, man. Blowing our minds with <laughs> destiny. Okay, so man. like the, the final Halo game when like when three four three finally says like yeah, I think we're ready to hang it up and move yeah, on. Thirty years from now. Yeah, thirty years from now, it's gonna be like, you know, whoever whoever at that point is the protagonist of the game. <laughs> they're gonna like okay, maybe they'll bring back uh, Spartan one one seven or something. No, probably not. So whoever the, the protagonist is going to be, they, like, die effectively at the end of Halo. And then there's, like, a cut scene at the very end. It's like, eyes up, Guardian. Eyes up, Guardians. Dude. Oh, that would be so cool. I'm, I'm, that's it, man. I'm telling you. How's that for a plot theory? Yep. I think you win. I don't even know what I can, yeah, I'm going to say. Like, I was going to talk about, like, Cortana and maybe some other stuff about the Halo movie, but... I think that's it. They were going to do... Okay, so Alex Garland was going to was gonna screenwrite the Halo movie, but because Microsoft didn't really know what to do with this intellectual property that they had, it got, like, completely scrapped. Mm-hmm. He wrote... I think he wrote a script. I think he wrote uh, one that didn't... You know, it ended up getting uh, axed, but, you know, his his credentials are insane. If you guys saw Ex Machina, he, he wrote the screenplay for that. He wrote yeah. the screenplay for 28 Days Later. Ex like, Machina was terrifyingly good it was insane and the new dread also but i would i mean i, I wanted to bring it up i didn't i didn't know if it 100 percent um fit into yeah I, I didn't know if it would 100 percent fit into kind of what we we're thinking but like plots that i would like to see you know theories of things that would potentially be pretty cool i mean we've done so many things i think it would almost be interesting to tell the story and i know we kind of have but to the point where you don't play as a spartan i loved odst where you were a human character and it would yeah. almost be interesting to go back and see kind of that divide of when we first made contact with the covenant and you know you see these things and you're playing and all these things and intense stuff that leads up to halo when they do have to make the spartan but yeah it'd just be like an interesting you know like oh the new halo game and it's not exactly what you think we're like basing you down to like the lowest thing that you could be in it. yeah like you play like a, a naval officer yeah it would just be like a unique, yeah. Yeah. like that would be cool almost like almost like a mass effect type you know like the beginnings mm-hmm. of our ascent into space and stuff I like could, that i could very much get behind that be like oh that's five minutes guys <laughs> that one was a little long it would be cool. like the halo emergence day story basically yeah serious that was so cool well seth you uh kind of dominated i don't want to be really good i definitely won oh, yeah, you definitely won yeah I won it. I For win. Sure. And that flabbergasted moment of just like, oh, whoa, well, that could let that sink in, boys. Is it? You could. You should put a like, glass shattering, like sound effect in <laughs> post. <laughs> that would be great. I might have to do that. Yep, I'm gonna be thinking about that for a while now. Yeah, <laughs> and break it down on like Xbox. You could get like Master Chief as a character, and then like freaking for the PlayStation, yes. it would be like like 
Kratos is like, oh, <laughs> dude. like, no, like they, battle rifle is an exotic in Destiny Two. They just go like the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> like, um, I mean, or like let, a brute shot or something. Let it sink in. gnarly. Well, I, I'm looking forward to that now. Yeah, <laughs> I hope they keep them mostly separate, though. If that ended up like becoming a thing, I'd hope that they'd like. Oh, this is this is Destiny. It's a separate thing. But also check out this super awesome weapon. You can grab. You I'm going to throw that. this out here. What if? The Traveler is just the next evolution of the Halo. Oh, holy shit. Yeah. Oh, Think about that no. for a second, guys. Let me give you this bone to gnaw on. <laughs> oh my god. What? Okay. <laughs> I, I may have to concede my victory. <laughs> I think we can share it. I think I think we're all winners. Here. <laughs> I think uh, I think we're gonna have to end the podcast there so that we can all go think about. <laughs> I need to go and uh, ruminate for a while. <laughs> That's how the pocket. What if the traveler is a bunch of halos put together? All the halos <laughs> fit together. <laughs> all the halos fit together into a sphere. <sighs> and so, what's inside the traveler? Is it composite of a, a bunch of different worlds? I mean, because that's what, you know, that's what a halo ring. And here the theory breaks down. No, Because I mean, the traveler is like 20 miles wide and a halo ring is literally hundreds. Hmm. It's like, it's like iPhones. They get smaller. <laughs> <laughs> this Co- is, computers just get smaller. And this smaller. is the, the halo ring eight. It's much smaller. Um, it has a lot more power. It's just so much, great. You great, just have great to Bluetooth on it. Now you'd, you'd have to retcon the Halo. Then at that point, you'd have to say like the Halo ring actually teleports you to a different world, as opposed to it being like a place where you actually navigate through. <laughs> no, I don't know if that fits in the lore. I don't think so either. Okay, well, Bungie and Activision. Well, hit us up. You can keep these. <laughs> <laughs> these are free ideas, just for Bungie and Activision. Well, and, and yeah. And and three four three industries and Microsoft. We're we're ready for sponsorship. Yeah, <laughs> um, we would all love to come work for you guys. Um, our services, while not free, are not super costly. I would say. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Just creative consultant credit, <laughs> <laughs> dude. Executive producers often overlook podcast. <laughs> we'll take it. Yeah, I'm in. Let's do that. Call us. So, guys, we come to the close of another wonderful podcast. Thank you all for listening, if you're listening out there. Thank you. I just have to say one thing, guys. What? I saw an ad the other day for burial plots, and I thought to myself, well, great. This is the last thing I need. Oh, oh god i'm gonna die at the end of this like the podcast will stop airing because i have died from these jokes from from laughing too much is that what you're saying you might need a burial plot (laughs) help lord help i need help (laughs) we now return you to your regularly scheduled boredom